up witches welcome to my show i am super excited to announce the launch of my official patreon account by supporting me if you love my show or enjoying sup witches you can have the chance to become an active participant in my creative process as a member you receive exclusive content community access behind the scenes updates and the pride of fueling work that matters to all of the witches community from the most basic level as a basic witch all the way up to an enlightened master. I give you different opportunities to work with me one-on-one -on -one and become more intimate in the sub witches community. I will link the content in the show notes to check out my Patreon account and I hope you will consider supporting the show. Have a wicked day. Sup witches, happy Friday. I know it's not going to be Friday when I release this, but I hope everyone has an awesome weekend. And I realized <laughs> that basically all of the United States is below freezing temperatures right now. So if you were in the U.S., God bless your soul. Uh, global warming at its finest. Global warming doesn't necessarily mean like that the temperatures are going to be hotter more so that the temperatures are going to be bipolar, up and down, more drastic, more devastating and destructive and extreme on the polar ends. So I hope everyone's getting through it. I know global warming is a controversial issue, so we're not going into that today. Um, we are going into perfectionism, my specialty. That's my niche. I am a perfectionist to a T and more so the idea this concept of something I realized within myself, the story I tell myself on you need to be perfect to be loved. And basically, we're going to be examining and analyzing this notion because I recognize this is not true whatsoever, but I kind of just wanted to touch on the harmfulness, if that's the word, harmfulness, on this idea, this narrative I've been telling myself for years and years and years and how we can let go of the need to be perfect. I also, before jumping into today's episode, want to celebrate and shout out and thank everyone. We reached 3,000 listeners uh, a day or two ago. I am so thankful for this. My listenership has jumped, um, has increased by a thousand people in the last month since January. So I am so thankful and grateful for every single one of you here that have been enjoying Sup Witches and the direction it is going. I do want to make this more interactive. So stay tuned to the end of this episode. We are going to be having a new segment where you can send me your listener questions and I will address them on the show. You can send them at Podcast on Instagram or leave me an audio message and we'll be doing a question of the day segment. Today's question is, can you be friends with an ex? So we're going to look at that. I'll share my opinion and let's get into today's episode. Without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Perfectionism, my old friend, you seem to follow me around everywhere I go. What is a perfectionist and why do people develop perfectionism? So before we go super deep into perfectionism, I want to recognize that as someone that 
has had a history of an eating disorder. This is very common in individuals that struggle with whether it's binge eating, binge and purge, bulimia, anorexia. Many people that have been diagnosed with eating disorders are perfectionists. It's very black and white, sort of like I touched on with the global warming. It's extreme, polar opposites, all or nothing thinking. And even if you don't have a mental health disorder, uh, I have struggled with OCD, and I know everyone says they're OCD, but I have been diagnosed with OCD tendencies. Perfectionism is what I feel is behind OCD tendencies. Um, but people that even don't have OCD or an eating disorder, anxiety even, a lot of anxiety stems from perfectionism. They go hand in hand. Um, think about the common cultural standards or ideas of, all right, if I eat a donut, I'm on a diet. This is your stereotypical example. If I eat a diet, uh, if I eat a diet, if I eat a donut on my diet, I can never talk with these things. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Please bear with me. I'm going to just throw in the towel, give up on my diet, and I'll start tomorrow because God forbid I take a bite out of a donut. I fucked up my diet. Therefore, it's ruined. Therefore, I'm just going to go all in and splurge and binge and I'll start my diet another day. We've all been there. I'm pretty sure every single one of us, unless you've never been on a diet, which God bless your soul. Um, but that's your typical example, modern American way of seeing things. For me, this is stemmed in many different ways throughout the duration of my life, whether it's my appearance, which I find it creeps up most when it comes to my external appearance. Um, but let's just get into the psychology of perfectionism, and then I will provide you some examples and how this relates to our relationships. Casper says hi, everyone. Everyone say hi to Casper. As many of you know, Casper is my cat. He is our mascot for some widgets. And every single time I start recording a podcast, he comes and starts meowing. So Everyone say hello to Casper the cat. So uh, perfectionism, the psychology around perfectionism. This is a broad personality style characterized by a person's concern with striving for flawlessness of some regard and perfection and is often accompanied by the critical self-evaluation and concerns regarding others' evaluations on themselves. So people who are perfectionists tend to be very self-critical and Perfectionism in itself isn't a mental disorder. And of course, you know, I am a psychology major, so we have to touch on the psychological components of it. Um, but it is indeed a risk factor for OCD, um, OCPD, eating disorder, social anxiety, body dysmorphic disorder, which I myself, your girl's been diagnosed with, even workaholism. Like if you're a workaholic, um, self-harm, suicidal ideation, substance abuse, and clinical depressions. And perfectionism has led to um, psychological and physical problems such as heart disease. So it's pretty serious stuff. And I've noticed it's been creeping up a lot lately with me, um, probably mostly because my depression symptoms are kind of in, in full gear, um, but we're getting through it. So what causes perfectionism? This is not always clear. Uh, it's often a learned behavior, and people with perfectionism believe that they're valuable only because of what they can achieve or what they do for other people. So as someone that grew up in a household, or I live with a mother who 
is not a narcissist. I'm not a psychologist yet, so I can't go diagnosing people, but she's not a narcissist, but she's very narcissistic tendencies and characteristics. If you grew up with a disapproving mother or father, you are most likely at risk to develop perfectionistic tendencies. And this is a sign of, uh, well, perfectionism is often seen as a positive trait in American culture, unfortunately, because many of us strive to be perfect. Uh, We have this false belief that it increases our chances of success, but at the same time, it also leads to very self-defeating thoughts or behaviors that make it so much harder to achieve our goals. Think of procrastination here. Procrastination, which I struggle with when it comes to school, often goes hand in hand with perfectionism because we're so afraid we're not going to get something done or it's not going to be good enough. That idea of nothing I do is ever good enough. So we just put it off and put it off and it becomes more daunting. And then eventually, sometimes we don't even do it. I am the queen of this. I have so much anxiety over some things that I just let it get creeper, creeping um, up to the date that it's due. And I just put it off and put it off. And sometimes I just avoid it altogether because I don't want to deal with it. So perfectionist sets impossibly high standards for themselves. Um, they could be very aggressive towards themselves. Um, and it does not lead to happiness. Perfectionists are much less happy and uh, less easygoing although we are high achievers, um, perfectionists tend to beat themselves up much more and find ourselves wallowing in negative feelings when our expectations go unmet. So the need to be perfect is basing our self-worth on our external accomplishments, feeling like we have something to prove. Um, It piles on the emotions of guilt, of shame, and it's just not healthy whatsoever. Um, Some of us do crave the need to be perfect and feel like we are alone in our anxiety over the pursuit of perfectionism. It goes for me, as someone that's been dealing with this for a very long time, we feel like we need to be perfect to be accepted. But perfect isn't real. And we always feel like we're hunting for that metaphorical gold at the end of the rainbow with so much promise of love and acceptance and validation from other people. But despite the temptation of perfectionism, it ultimately leads to dissatisfaction and we end up disappointed and suffering and sometimes in denial. But I want to ask you and pose the question of what exactly does it mean to be perfect, to do things perfectly, to be a perfectionist? For me, this has been a constant striving. The sense that the way I am is unacceptable as as I am right now. And it goes far beyond a healthy desire for improvement. It's all consuming and it's smothering and suffocating. It's this human idea that we can control our circumstances, we can control the way people around us see us, as long as everything is on our terms and our conditions. 
I remember over the summer I got this like beautiful expensive blonde weave so I had this long gorgeous thick blonde hair and I thought that this hair that changing my appearance that losing weight on keto that getting this fake hair yes I won't lie it got me a lot more attention from men but at the same time, when I didn't get that attention, when I didn't receive that external gratification, I lost my mind. And I can recall, God forbid, there was a pimple on my face. God forbid it was humid outside and my hair started frizzing. I would freak the fuck out. And this is the human ego, the fear mindset, trying to control our external circumstances. And what I realize now is that I long to be admired, but I was truly seen by few. And perfectionism for me has become a way to mask all those less than perfect, undesirable aspects of myself. It, it's this like autopilot mindset Um all acting as some sort of insurance or safeguard against the painful, frustrating, and seemingly unavoidable uh, nuances of our day-to-day lives. And growing up, I felt fundamentally different from my peers, um, which at the time translated to feeling inferior and never quite fitting in or blending in. I was taller, I had oilier skin, And I felt like I stood out, but at the same time, I felt invisible and like no one could see me. And at school, I desperately hoped to fit in and be accepted. But despite my best efforts, oftentimes I felt like I was on the outside looking in. And as an HSP empath, I did not understand then that what made me different actually gave me insight and depth and openness, compassion, the ability to empathize with others. I longed to push my differences deep down far enough that I could just convince myself that they'd actually vanished. But later on, my obsession with perfectionism and its illustration of control took up most of my time. It consumed my mind. It left me riddled with feelings of unworthiness and anxiety, and it really increased the instability and the unhealthy relationships that I took part in because I never felt like I was enough. And the harder I tried, the more I felt sure I was failing. And the pain inside of me, this wound that I was not good enough, that there was something inherently wrong with me, grew stronger. And I came to hide my true self. I felt ashamed of the parts of myself that did not measure up. And because I had already committed to this idea that I was unworthy, I was too sensitive, I was too shy, I was too quiet, too emotional, too raw, too fearful. I decided that I was imperfect and nobody could ever love me. And in being so judgmental of myself, It's really no wonder that this critical perspective began to spread and apply to everything around me. I developed self-harm behaviors. I developed an eating disorder. I developed depression and anxiety, and I started getting into abusive relationships. We find ourselves thinking that once we are perfect or closer to perfect, then we will finally be closer to being 
able to love ourselves and to be accepted, to be in that perfect relationship, to attract that perfect quote unquote partner. We think at last we could be safe once we have no more, nothing left to ridicule or judge about ourselves. We're no longer vulnerable or ashamed. And eventually we're no longer forced to see and accept things as they are, the good and the bad about ourselves, all braided together into one. It's, it's outside the span of our control. The incessant worrying, people pleasing, and constant search for validation, which I find in, I'd say 90% of people in our society, if you're in your teens or your 20s, you can see this alone on social media with everyone just trying to one-up each other, everyone trying to get this social media influencer fame where we want to be an overnight success because we feel like if we are in the spotlight, if we get enough likes and comments, then we are good enough through the approval of others. We do everything in our power and at the expense of our overall well-being. And this is a misguided attempt to ensure that everything appeared seamlessly and picture perfect for everything around us. This led for me personally, so many nights spent crying, uh, mornings where I could not bring myself to get out of bed because I was so drained and broken down. I could not keep pushing forward and denying myself and I could no longer disguise or deny the chaos lurking only inches below the what I tried or seemingly perfectly polished facade. I'd been denying my true self, my needs, my feelings to the point where they became unintelligible to me. And to this day, right now, I am still working to decode and listen to them. But I do know this much. What I was craving more than anything was to be seen and accepted for who I was without all that extra effort and perfectionism piled on top. I always had this this self-fulfilling prophecy that I've had to try harder, more so than other people, to be loved. As many of you know, if you've been listening to me for a while, I was adopted. So my immediate... Um, feeling that I've ever felt in my life was abandoned, unwanted, not good enough, unworthy of love. So I grew up and I was convinced I had to try super hard to be loved. And I live in America, so everything in America for women is centered around our looks. If we're younger, if we have less wrinkles, if we have nicer hair, if we have bigger boobs, if we have a fatter ass, if we're more quote unquote fuckable and feminine and desirable, then we will be loved. It's always something out there that we need to strive for. So I learned to blame my appearance. Oh, that boy in school doesn't like me. It must be because I'm ugly. Oh, this guy, he ghosted me. It must be because I'm too tall. Oh, my ex cheated on me? It must be because I'm too fat. So I blamed myself for the way that other people treated me. And this becomes so destructive and crushing because then we feel like nothing we do is ever good enough. So there was a point where I couldn't even leave my house because if I saw a pretty girl, I would immediately 
hate her. I wouldn't recognize her beauty, but I would indeed become envious and jealous of her because I thought she's closer to perfectionism than me. She needs to work less to be loved than I do. So naturally, I resented her. And even to this day, although I know it's not real, I'm still working on it. I always think to myself, Nick would love me more if I had a fit girl body. I'd be more worthy of love if I had less acne. People would like me more if I had X, Y, and Z. If I had nicer clothes, if I had a nicer car, blah, 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 I will be happy when. Is we want to belong, we want to be desired, we want to be loved for who we already are, not for who we could be. And for me, I was looking for that stamp of approval outside of myself and from others. But when we look around us, all we can see are unrealistically high expectations mirrored back at us. What we believe about ourselves is mirrored back to us. And it's this confirmation bias. Because those seeds of expectation and subsequent suffering firmly take root. And with reality on one side and our demands on the other, we become exhausted (laughs) because there's such a gap between expectation and reality. The solution, complete and total acceptance of what is, of our present circumstances, of who we are today, for better or for worse. And here is the key. You don't have to be happy with or even have chosen your present set of circumstances in order to acknowledge or simply see them as they are, unfiltered. Everything these days is filtered. The people in our lives, our circumstances, us, we don't need to be perfect in order for us to accept them. We can accept uncertainty. And we can accept that sometimes, temporarily even, we may not be feeling happy. For me right now, I'm feeling so much pain inside. But instead of resisting it, allow it. And feel it and listen to it. Motivate ourselves with kindness instead of criticism. Perfectionism is a painful trap. But it is possible to overcome it because everything changes. The way we look, who we live with, our income, our job, our status. It's forever in flux. Nothing is truly permanent. And trying to attain perfection does not change that. To accept means to see and acknowledge what is with unflinching honesty. It means seeing without reserving the desire to change what we see. No more hiding from or resisting reality. And fortunately, this is the foundation for genuine and enduring self-love, self-compassion, and being truly grounded and in touch with ourselves. Because this in turn becomes the most natural way of authentically being able to share boundless and replenishing love with others. And I will repeat this because I need to hear it. You don't have to be perfect in order to be loved. 
and neither does our partner. I think it's been so hard for me to allow someone in because I was so convinced that no one could love me because I'm not perfect and I'll never be. And at its core, perfectionism, the art of never failing, is often bred from a childhood desire to please our parents, to receive their love, and it's a fear-based approach at its core. Perfectionists are so afraid of making mistakes or facing rejection, that's one of my biggest fears, that they figure out in their minds that only when we do everything right can we get a free pass on that discomfort. It's a protective mechanism. The very thing we use to protect ourselves is also the thing standing in our way. We think we have to get it just right. In order to achieve love, we have to do everything just right. But this doesn't allow ourselves to be human. It's it's not realistic. I thought for so long that I have to prove myself worthy of being loved, that I had to work to be loved and deserve to be loved. And it's an easy thing to justify too. I looked at the relationships of my abusive ex-boyfriend who I put on this pedestal and for so long I would put these people on these high horses. But I didn't really know that intimately that I made them out to be perfect and successful and smart because if they were perfect, then there would be nothing not to love, right? Because they have all these boxes checked and who wouldn't love someone who did everything right? And I said this before, but perfection is an illusion. In the realm of humans, we're all flawed. We all make mistakes because we were simply born to do so. So stop setting this standard that's impossible to achieve. Seeking out perfection only serves to promote a sense of ceaseless striving that we never quite reach. We convince ourselves when we look in the mirror, if only we try a little more, work a little harder, we can get there. Because while we'll never quite achieve it, it's something that we can keep chasing after. something we can keep beating ourselves over. And when we're rejected for the parts that we've shown someone, it's so painful. So when this happens, we keep this part of us hidden. And in the realm of dating, I used to believe that if I could convince someone I was good enough, if I did everything right and hid all the parts of me that I was ashamed of, they'd have no reason to reject me. And I ended up feeling defeated because in the end, they always did. And the few who didn't reject me, I simply wasn't attracted to. As a perfectionist, it's hard for us to love ourselves when we aren't perfect. It gets even more insidious when the impossible standard we hold ourselves to becomes the yardstick for how we expect others to behave. As someone that's a perfectionist, I can be very judgmental and critical of others. Because as humans, the unwritten rule is that we tend to project onto others the unresolved issues within ourselves, and our perfectionism is not an exception. 
Not only do perfectionists have to do things just right, but we can expect our partners to read our minds since we identify as being a failure. When we can't overachieve, that subconscious belief spills over into how we see our partner. What I'm going through right now, (laughs) y'all. But the issue is that when we get so caught up in things being done perfectly, we lose sight of the realness of life. We forget to notice the parts of ourselves and our partners that are unique and set us apart. When we focus on maintaining the appearance of perfection, we aren't putting intention into living a meaningful life. (sighs) Wow. This is deep, y'all. This is deep. (laughs) so I'm sure this is resonating with you on some level and I want to leave you with this what if you don't have to be perfect in order to be loved so I can tell you a couple things that have been happening once I started accepting that perfectionism won't lead me to a true loving relationship with my partner and myself the first thing is I entered into a relationship that wasn't based on smoke and mirrors. I took the plunge and once I started embracing all of me and continue leaning into it, I attracted a healthy guy who's emotionally available. I began dating someone who's vulnerable and committed and seeking a real relationship. Instead of this relationship with someone that is a narcissist or a sociopath or abusive or toxic, emotionally unavailable, an addict, I didn't have to go deep with them. I didn't really have to show my true self with them because I knew eventually it would come to an end. And oh, let me tell you, it's scary as hell. (laughs) It sucks. (laughs) But it's beautiful at the same time. But I think it's the only type of love that's not conditional. And I can tell you it's certainly the only type of relationship that's ever truly worked for me. Has ever felt real and promising and like it has a future. And I have to work every single day to redirect the need to be perfect. It creeps up all the time, especially when I'm stressed or anxious, and it always leads to mean self-talk or a bad outcome. Whether it's pressure I put on myself or standards I set onto my partner, I have to remind myself that it's okay to not be perfect, and I don't have to figure everything out. I know cognitively that Perfectionism is a fear-based approach, so I have to remind myself it's normal to be afraid, but it doesn't mean I'm not worth loving or I don't deserve to be in a happy relationship because I don't look like a Victoria's Secret model. I remind myself that anyone who does have an issue with what I look like or whatever doesn't see my value, but that can't impact my self-worth. So slowly but surely by putting myself out there, whether it's through podcasting or social media or writing, surviving my past experiences, through these approaches, we build a more courageous and vulnerable approach to our lives, trusting that things will be okay. 
I know I still have fear, but I'm also aware that I don't have to avoid it or approach it as though it's a bad thing. Maybe imperfections, mistakes, and fear is a normal part of life, and perhaps we should make decisions about our lives despite our fear and not because of it. I know that perfectionism has hindered me long enough, and dismantling its belief system is a battle that I'm willing to have in exchange for the kind of life that I want to keep living. And this life is far from perfect, but so am I. And perhaps, maybe, that is okay.